Welcome to the More Than Conquerors podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week, we will feature people of many backgrounds with various stories of things they have overcome. It will be people who are family to me, close friends, acquaintances, and even strangers. I hope this podcast will be a source of inspiration, that you are challenged and encouraged to share your own story of triumph. And at the end of each episode, I hope you too realize that you have a story worth sharing. What is up, you guys? I am so excited to share this episode with you. This is for those of you who are single, married, maybe you're entering into a new season or feel stuck in one. For those of you learning about the Lord, or even if you're new to this whole Christian thing. On this episode, I interview my friend Jacqueline, and Jacqueline is someone that I've known for years. I actually got to live with her after college for a few years, which was great, in a house of seven girls, wow, and we had many heart-to-hearts. She is someone who has helped me overcome a lot of things in my life. She has spoken truth into my relationships, my friendships. Uh, and just someone who is near and dear to my heart. I love Jacqueline. She is so much fun and just so much fun to talk to, and I know you guys will enjoy this episode as well. Make sure you guys have a piece of paper and a pen handy because there are a lot of truth bombs throughout this episode. Some things that stood out to me is understanding who God is and who he made you to be, discovering your passions in each season. Whether you are a mom, a friend, a wife, you have purpose right where you are. And what are you doing now to prepare for what's to come? She also talks about this quite a bit, but she has challenged me to be bold in my prayers to the Lord, to be willing to seek him with my whole heart and to trust in his plan for me. This episode has encouraged me so much, and as I edited it, I got out my own piece of paper and started taking notes, so I hope you guys enjoy. And it's fun because we get to record in person. I know. So we actually get to like hang out, so it's less fun. (laughs) Okay, hi. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. This is so fun. (laughs) This is so interesting because we're like, like, no one can see us, but we're like... Being recorded. I know. It's like a coffee date with a microphone. So it's fine. It's exciting. (laughs) This microphone is ginormous. If you haven't seen it, to those that are listening, it's huge. It's like a real it's like a real microphone. It's amazing. It's really cool. (laughs) When I started this podcast journey, I asked my brother, because he at the time had a podcast. Mm -hmm. I was like, what microphone do I use? Mm -hmm. So Wow. This is it. Smart. And he's like a professional tech yes. man. He does like audio stuff for a living. So, Aww. Cool. wow. If his wife is listening, Katie, I miss you. I always miss you. <laughs> She's the best. Uh, Yay. Okay. So, tell us about yourself and maybe a little bit of your background and mm-hmm. things like that. So, my name is Jacqueline Stamper. I don't think I said that. And so, I have known Ashley since we were I I forget how much older I am but since I think I was 20 when I met you and you're 18 yeah or 17 I don't know but we met at UCYC yeah I can't and um actually the first time I met Ashley was when she was a leader Mm -hmm. and 
um, coming up the rock wall and I was at the top and she was so scared to go down the zip line. It was hilarious. And she was so tiny, this tiny little person. Anyways, amazing. So yeah, so I'm super stoked to be here. I kind of grew up in Phoenix, but was born in Texas so randomly, but I'm not a Texas girl. <laughs> I feel like I tell people, they're like, oh, cool. I'm like, I don't know. Is it? Maybe it is, but I definitely feel like a Phoenician and a city girl for sure. So um, I've grown up in the Valley. Um, I have, gosh, so I'm currently a kids pastor. I've been to kids pastor the last two years. Next month is my anniversary, which has been crazy. Yeah, I've been learning Yay. so much. Working for a church is definitely a different kind of ministry I've ever done. Um, I've always worked in ministry. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, wow, I have always worked in ministry since I left college. It's so weird and not yeah. did not expect that. But um, yeah, I went to GCU, Lopes Up. Um, it was before Holla. it was super cool though. I feel <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's from GCU, which is I so know. cool. <laughs> and like, I remember they built the stadium my last year, and like we used to have basketball games in the North Gym, and it just yeah. was like not as cool. Like it was hilarious, but I still <laughs> loved it. I had the best community there, grew so much. During the summers, I worked at UCYC, so that was the best job ever. Being summer staffer, loved it forever. Um, after college, I went to London for a year and worked for a nonprofit that did urban music, and that was amazing too. Um, then I was a teacher at a Christian school, and um, I love to talk about how the difference really between working for a mission school and a covenant school too. I feel like that's like a huge part of why I felt like, I mean, covenant school is ministry too, don't get me wrong, but yeah. mission school, the heart of the staff was outreach, and that's like always been my heart is outreach and how do we love the unchurched peoples yeah. and so that was so, so fun and the difference is like covenant everybody like signs something mm -hmm. that they believe in this and this mm -hmm. whereas mission is like we're open to having yep. non-believers here mm -hmm. yep exactly so yeah so i did that i uh, taught math for six years wow it was fun <laughs> i actually miss it i've been tutoring someone recently and yes. i actually miss it but um and then i oversaw spiritual life and ran chapels and uh taught bible class my last year which was so fun yeah. i loved that but yeah currently kids pastor yay cool <laughs> wow you really have done ministry for oh gosh it's ever. weird i know and that's I, sweet yeah it's so random though I mean, even like in and out of like leading worship random places, you know, yeah. or the gym conference, yes. or the worship for your, the little conference you guys ran. Yeah. That was so fun. We should do something like that again. Yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. I have gotten requests like, hey, when are you going to do another women's conference? It's like, hmm. <laughs> we could put something in the works. Yeah, that would be so fun. <laughs> I love that. So fun. Okay, so when I asked you, I think I asked you to be on the podcast like, probably forever ago yeah and we're like the worst of getting together but we live in opposite sides of town so I know. yeah but mm -hmm. I feel like the Lord totally works in that of mm -hmm. like rescheduling and figuring out like what is really on your heart to talk mm -hmm. about that's true that's and good. so even like with like the time in between you have decided there's something different that yep. you want to talk about than true. we originally decided yeah so mm -hmm. do, do you want to share about that a little bit yeah. Definitely. Um, yes, I totally changed my mind, I guess, or the Lord did, I should say. He planted something different that I wanted to talk about. And we could title this, um, Getting Married in Your 30s. <laughs> and so I think, you know, not everybody feels the same way as I do. And I think there's been a lot of growth and room in this area of women getting married, not when you're 21. But for sure, for me, that were, there was an expectation. And I didn't even 
I don't think anybody necessarily said it either. It's not like someone was that cruel to say you have to be married at a certain time, you know? But there's definitely a pressure and there's definitely like I said, an expectation and then you put it on yourself too. And even now I just got engaged, woo, like a month ago. (laughs) And which before we even decided what you wanted to talk about, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, we weren't even engaged yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We've only been dating like a year and a half and just got engaged a month ago. But um, I definitely had it in my mind, like, man, I really want to get married before I turn 30 because I'm turning 30 uh, next month. (laughs) So it's like, you know, there is this pressure in my mind that I was disappointed even, even though I'm going to marry someone I love and he's the best and he loves the Lord so much and he loves me so well. I still, for myself, battle with this disappointment of but I'm not getting married before I'm 30. Dang mm. it. Like, yeah. I missed out or something. Yeah. I It's not as great. How about how horrible? Like, I literally put that on myself, you what know? What do you think contributed to that pressure? I think, um, number one, even before I was a Christian, like in high school, you watch the movies and, you know, there's a cultural yes. around, like, not even in the church, like, just in culture, there's, like, these fresh-faced youngsters getting married in movies, right? And yeah. um, there's it's romanticized, and do you think it's a part of that part of your life? And so when you're 14, 20 seems old, you know? You're like, right. 25's ancient. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I'm at, I remember being at GCU and being 20 and being like, oh my gosh, one of my very first friends is engaged. She's getting married, which is great because she'd been with him for a while. And yeah. It made sense for them, you know? And they both wanted that, and they were ready. They're amazing. But I remember being like, "Oh my goodness, I can't imagine getting married tomorrow." Yeah. Like, but again, I wasn't in that place. I wasn't dating someone seriously, so it changes when you're in those places. But I think that was the first thing was just culture. And so, um, but the older I got and being in the church, obviously there is, um, you know, there's you, there's talk about marriage and and talk about the importance of marriage and the the beautiful picture of god and the in the church you know so it's exciting and then yeah. you start dating someone and you can't have sex and so you're like well we just got to get married right right it's like <laughs> then it's fine and yeah. so um no but i obviously I, that wasn't my hope in getting married was just to have sex but it's right. of course like it's all you know, it's focused around that at least of like, we got to wait until we're married. So there's right. this idea of like marriage, 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 marriage. You're dating someone, marriage. So um, I went to GCU and I was not dating anyone anymore because I did have a high school boyfriend. And I remember walking down the promenade. And if you know what I'm talking about, like the, <laughs> oh, the yeah. cobblestone outside the union, right? With all the palm Line trees. With the palms. Yes. And there used to not be as many buildings. That's what's so weird now, yeah. but it was more fields. And I remember praying. I was just like having a time with the Lord walking down having a canyon walk and (laughs) I was just like Lord like what are you gonna do you know what are are you gonna do with me here and I was just asking certain questions like what's my purpose gonna be in ministry what who am I gonna like reach or um, what job should I get here or in the future and am I gonna meet somebody like what kind of man should I look forward to marry you know I was just having all these like life chats and I felt so strongly the Lord say you're not gonna meet your husband here and I was like, what? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you're not going to your husband here. I was like, oh, dang. Okay. You know, and I, I felt that that impression was so strong and not one you want to hear. Right? You're like 19. You're like, this is so fun. Meeting all right. these fun people. Right. Like, um, but I just really felt that strongly, this impression. And um, 
and it was unique and it was hard because there was definitely someone I liked that year. But I remember he had even told one of my best friends at the time, um, yeah, I, I really think Jacqueline's so awesome and I would love to date her, but there's just something I feel like I'm not supposed to. Like, I feel like it's just mm. not the time or something. Yeah. And I remember her telling me that and I was like, Ah! <laughs> Gosh like, dang, dang it. it. I was like, this is real. Like the Lord is literally doing something and he's like putting a block on that and that's not bad, but it was for such a purpose for yeah. sure. Yeah. So anyways, that was like probably just like a buildup for me personally of like, okay, you know, marriage, but I'm, but then I felt like, okay, to not worry about it, to be honest. Like, I think when I was like mm. 19, had this like word from the Lord, I just felt like, okay, like God's going to bring that when he's going to bring it. And I'm not worried about it, I guess. Yeah, that's so. good. It kind of gave you the freedom to just let go and not really focus on that. Right. So that you could pursue whatever ministry was in front of you. Totally. And so that's the thing. It's like, I, I always tell people, I'm like, you got to just do your thing because I've, I've mentored a lot of girls and a lot of girls are like, I just feel like my, my biggest purpose is to be a mom, which is amazing. Like God created women to nurture and to, that was like one of the original purposes of marriage, right? Is to multiply, yeah. <laughs> like literally yeah. it's a great part of That's God's creation of marriage. Um, but also he's gifted us all with different talents and abilities and skills and you can't force meeting the right person. And right. I think that's what's hard for people is like they have this this want, but there's nothing in front of them. And so you're like, okay, yeah, that's great. And I think that's going to happen for you. I also want that. A lot of women want that. Not yeah. all women want that, but a lot of women do. In the waiting, what do you do though? Because you can't force it and you shouldn't. Oh my gosh, you marrying the wrong person sounds like, a disaster yeah it's <laughs> like the scariest thing to me you're literally like you know combining your life with someone so now I'm turning 30 and and my fiance is 36 so he's older and uh I you know combining our lives of two very independent people is hard so yeah. I'm like man if I was 20 that might be might have been different you know because I didn't right. have so much of my own established which isn't bad either it's just like how the Lord made it for us to happen this way right but it's a lot, you know, combining your life with someone. And I think I'm really thankful that we both know ourselves, though, and know what God's called us to do so that when we did find each other, it was like, oh, wow, this, like, aligns. And this yeah. is, like, cool. And, like, together we could do something bigger and greater for the kingdom versus on our own. And that yeah. was, like, that's the whole point for me, right? I'm, like, Paul says it's better to be single. He literally says that because yeah. you do have more time. Like, I would say before I was dating Kyle, I had more time. I could meet up with whoever, whatever I could do. I could say yes to anything. And it was like exciting. And I filled my time with people and ministry. I was a part of so many different things. And, um, but now, you know, you have someone else you have to take in consideration. Number one, like building a relationship takes time and being intentional right. and spending time together. And then you get engaged and you're doing premarital counseling and like maybe you're in your own counseling. <laughs> like there's right. just so much that goes into it if you want to do it well. So um, it's just really important to, to find the right person, but, oh, I was going to say something else. I've also seen, like, I mean, I, I feel strong that there's not that one person for you. Mm. Like you can totally make mm -hmm. whatever work if you both like have the same mindset of like the Lord is the center of this mm -hmm. and we're going to pursue him while pursuing each other. But even in that, 
even like finding like the right person for me right now like even in that even in my marriage personally mm-hmm. at one point in time when me and Connor dated and I was like he is not the right person right. you guys broke up yeah yes. and we took like two years of just like not growth talking and, mm-hmm. and growth mm-hmm. and I think that's something that you said that I like resonated a lot with me is like you guys understood yourselves separately right before you came together right and I think that makes for a great foundation, a great a great marriage is mm-hmm. like, I know what I need. I know how I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And so now under you, this is what that could look like. Right. And I think that that's so meaningful in a marriage of like, we, we took the time to grow ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now we're ready to go grow closer to each other. Right. That's good. Yeah. And I think like, gosh, I think about, and people again, don't do this consciously. But how many times have, have single people on this podcast, maybe you felt this too, when people are like, are you dating anybody? Oh, you're just so great. I'm just so shocked you're still single. That happened to me for so long, mm-hmm. which people are trying to flatter you. You know, they're trying to compliment you. And it can be taken that way. But but when I turned 25 and it still wasn't happening and I was still super single, because I was super single for a long time. Like I had a college boyfriend. I dated someone a little bit after I came back from London. But um, both of those relationships were like three to six months. And so mm-hmm. I, there was a season, years, that I was super single and not even talking to anybody. There was no one on the horizon, right? And so when I was like 25... I was traveling in the summer and I just was like, this is fun to do it by myself, but I want to do it with somebody else. Like I do want that Lord. This is a desire of my heart. Is it going to happen? Like I just prayed that for real. I was like, you told me it wasn't the time at one point. I need to know now, is it actually going to happen ever? <laughs> because I've been felt, I felt very content for a long time being like, the Lord has the best. The best is yet to come. I trust the Lord in, in all these areas of my life. How can I not trust him in, in my future husband? If he's going to do these things in my life, how can I not trust him to care about that part, which mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so I prayed like I was at, if you've ever been to renew, you know, the worship night I was at, we used to do renew sessions and I was like a sessions night. It was at someone's house and we were praying. And I just asked that. I was like, Lord, are you going to like make this happen or not? Should, can I, should I just like submit to singleness? Like I'm at this point, like, what is that? And I literally actually felt like the Lord laugh at me. Like I literally like felt like I could hear him laughing. And it was so weird. And, and he was like, Jacqueline, of course, come on. Like I love you. And this is a desire of your heart. And this is going to happen. Just yeah. it's all good. And I just felt peace about that. Again, I didn't know the when, the how, the what. I just felt peace knowing, like, just that the Lord loves me and that the desires of our heart, that is a thing. It says it in scripture. Of course, like, we need to be submitting to him and and walking in obedience because those desires begin to align with his heart for us. But um, I just felt like he laughed at me. And it was funny because I went to a conference that next week with one of my best friends. And I was telling her, I was was like, can you just pray for me? You know, I'm feeling this way about this stuff. And she was praying for me and she was like, I did not tell her what happened, right, at this session thing. And she was like, Jacqueline, I just see the Lord laughing. Like, when I asked him if he's going to bring you someone, I felt like he's laughing. Like, of course, this is Jacqueline. Come on. I love her. Wow. And it, I started sobbing. She told me that. I was like, Carrie. Oh, it was Carrie. <laughs> hey, Carrie. But I was like, Carrie, literally, I had that same time with the Lord by myself a couple weeks ago at a session that I was praying at and she was like that's crazy so I just felt really loved and seen by the Lord is my point with yeah. that you know and 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 I think that's if you're on that journey of like waiting like submit it to the Lord and talk to him about it he cares about it I think for me because I was so content with God 
I felt sometimes like if I prayed for my future husband, I was like cheating on him, on mm. the Lord, literally. Like it's so dramatic, but I loved God so much and I wanted, I didn't want to be that person that idolized marriage. Like mm. my life, is it, I'm not my, arriving because I'm married. Like I have a purpose now. I have a purpose when I'm married. I have a purpose when I have kids. Like oh, there's like, so good. you know, there's always purpose. Yeah. And, but I kind of went too far on that side and I was really hard for me to pray, even pray about it because honestly, and maybe some of you have done this, but I had friends in college that wrote letters to their future husbands. And that was not me. I was not that kind of girl. I felt like I wanted to pray and, and hash things out with the Lord versus doing that. And so I think, because of, of those feelings, I just went way too far on the other side, though. And mm. so, um, anyways, when I was, like, 25, 26, I just started having these thoughts of, like, is this going to happen? Like, what's going on? You know? Um, but I kept doing my thing. When I was around 28, I got – I started to go through some really hard things at work, a work, a workplace. And I, I was just going through disappointment, I think, is what it was. And I started to just be like, Lord – what the heck is happening? Because I worked for a ministry and things were not going well. And it wasn't anything with me directly. It was with our leadership and it was some really unethical things. And it was honestly overwhelming and really disappointing yeah. and really hard. And I felt like I was just, I don't growing distant maybe from the Lord in that. Not that I was questioning that he's real or anything dramatic, but I was kind of questioning his character of like, mm here's things that are really horrible happening and people are getting really hurt. Like, where are you in this? Yeah. You know? And in that really quickly, the enemy will come and creep in. And so I would say, you know, as soon as you start like questioning God's character and start going away from he's good, that's when the enemy like loves to continue yeah. and speak on that and whisper all these lies. But, um, my greatest insecurity started to become, God, are you good? Okay, if you are, why don't I have blah, 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 right? Mm. Which is so, like, bratty. And such a lie. <laughs> I know, it's such a lie. And, like, literally, it's like a spoiled child, right? Yeah. Like, you're like, Dad, I want this, and you don't get it, or maybe it doesn't look how you thought, and you don't like it because it doesn't meet your expectations, you know? Mm. And so, anyways... I made some choices that I normally wouldn't, I would say, in the midst of that time of insecurity. And and it was def- and I'll just be honest on it, it was it was dating a guy that was not a Christian and I he was giving me attention and I was allowing it to happen because I was feeling insecure and I was feeling dis- disappointed with where I was at. I felt like the pressure and now literally all of my friends are married and starting to have mm. babies, you know, and I'm like well, dang, I didn't think it would take this long, you know, and I didn't think I'd be the last one of my friends to get married. It was just yeah. the enemy just totally playing on insecurity for me where I, I was so content for so long to then a little question to then completely going through something just in general that the enemy just slips in even more, just little and little until all of a sudden you're in this dark place of like, how did I get here, you know? Yeah. And so... Anyways, but it brought me to my knees dating this dumb guy. Oh my gosh. If you are that girl dating the dumb guy, 
don't date the dumb guy. It's just so not worth it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it like goes back again to like marrying the wrong person would suck. And again, I agree with you. I don't think there's like one sole person for you, but there's definitely a better choices than yes. others. You know, I, I think that's that. the thing. It's like there's better choices than others. And the Lord's created you specifically and this other person specifically. And like I said, like, are you better together or not? You know, mm. um, because marriage is like hard. I'm not married yet, but being engaged has been hard. Going through premarital brings up stuff. You're like, oh man, we got to like talk about this. And I, this is like really hard. And you're reminding, you're, you're reminded that the idea of marriage is also refining because it's yeah. sacrificial love. Like, I don't think we understand sacrifice, sacrificial love until you want to get married. <laughs> you're like, oh, I have to like give up part of myself Ooh. for you. And it's like, that's not fun. I like, yeah. I like this part of me. It's comfy, you know? Right. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, so I dated someone that was like not a Christian and it was, it drugged me down even more to just a really bad place. And I was just sad and I didn't like myself and I felt mm-hmm. insecure and I wasn't operating my best way that I had before. And I felt tired all the time and critical. And eventually I just had to like step away. And honestly, the only, the strength I had to do that was community like good friends that stuck by me and encouraged me remind me who I was um I ended up getting a different job and um just totally plunging back into ministry and I blocked that person I just totally like had to remove them from everything but it was a it did not come easy that was like an in and out honestly like year of like I should do this I'm scared you know and it was so bad you know and how do you get out of that like so I even have friends that I know uh, who might listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. who are dating the the wrong guy for them. And they might have, as a friend, I want to like recognize that, hey, this is not a good place for you. Like this doesn't seem like a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. I know you're, you're making the best choices for yourself, but you still seem like stuck. Mm -hmm. Did you have people like that who were like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this isn't a great situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had all of my friends say that. Mm. (laughs) So after that, it's like, Oh, okay. All of my friends were like, you know, I remember one of my very best friends were on the phone. She doesn't live in the same state. And she was like, honestly, Jacqueline, I'm just kind of shocked that you're the one going through this. And I was, mm. it kind of hit me really deep, but not about it. Like she's one of my best friends and she loves me and she knows me. So, but she was like, I just never would have thought you would be the one going through something like this. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's just not you. You've always been, you know, a leader to me and, and whatever, like you've always like gone before and just sought after the Lord. I just never would have saw this coming. And so, and I started crying because I was like, I know I'm not who God calls me to be right now. I'm not being that person. And it was like self-awareness too. And that's huge. It's like, we have to have self-awareness of like, who am I? Um, Who is the Lord? And like, what does he say? And what are, what, how does it, what does it look like to be obedient to him? And just aware, because there's your convictions real and like, praise God for conviction when we walk away and we, we feel the, the weight of it. But, like, are you aware enough to, like, deal with it, too, and understand yeah. it? Um, so I would say all of my friends <laughs> definitely spoke against it. I had some friends step away from me, and that was really, really hard. And I get it because some people, they just can't, I don't know, deal with it maybe as much as other people can. Like, you know, yeah. some people have just a greater capacity than others. 
But the friends that really were helpful for me, and this is just me saying that from what I went through, were the ones that spoke truth, but always stayed and loved mm-hmm. me because they know who I was and they're going to keep tr- speaking those truths. So like, this is who you are. And I know the best is yet to come. Like things that I knew that God used to say to me, they were reminding me of those things. Yeah. They didn't abandon me as a friend or something, you know, yeah. um, because that was, I, I felt abandoned and that was not helpful. It right. put me more in a dark, in a more insecure place, I would say. But eventually, you know, like I said, I had to make the choice though to like, block this person and walk away from it and seek after the Lord. I mean, I just think of Jeremiah 29, everybody loves verse 11, but I'm I'm actually going to read verse 12 through 14. This reminds me of that time. And so in Jeremiah, he's obviously the Lord speaking through Jeremiah, the prophet to the Israelites, but all throughout scripture, God says a very similar message. So I think it's for us too. So I'm going to read it. Verse 12, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place which I carried you into exile. We're never too far from the Lord. That's that's the season, if anything, showed me the most like who God is. Like He is good and He is faithful. Literally, I'm marrying like the man of my dreams who loves the Lord so much and, and wants to honor Him and honor me and, and learn and grow. And I was acting a fool. <laughs> I freaking sucked, you know? And it wasn't because of my words that I magically found this amazing yeah. man. It's because God is just good and He's faithful and it's who He is. And and we need to walk in obedience. Don't get me wrong. We can't just do whatever we want. Right. But like as soon as I I had to make a choice and turn away and seek the Lord and find Him when I actually was seeking after Him with all of my heart though and laying things down and giving it back to Him. And He's good and He's faithful. And, and yeah. I walked closer with him and I met this amazing guy and he was definitely dating somebody when I first met him for like the first six months so I was like you'll never like me we're just friends but they ended up breaking up and I just like clicked and so I think Mm. if you were that girl just know like it will happen for you I remember um, one of my mentors said to me you know when you know that phrase and you're like okay yeah, yeah yeah you know I'm like 22 definitely that makes sense I'm 28 what the frick does that even mean? <laughs> right? You're like getting like, you just at this point, you're like so down to get married and yes. you're like, not to anyone again though, but just like, you want that and you're ready for it. You want a family one day. There's right. a, like a clock on that as well. And so, um, I'm like at that point, that phrase made me mad. I'm like, okay, <laughs> But I don't know. I've dated someone and I think I know and I'm not right. Right. <laughs> but I honestly, I think the hardest part with that, because it, it is true. I do think it's a true phrase. And you don't know what it feels like until you experience it. Mm-hmm. And that's annoying maybe. Maybe yeah. some people don't like that. But I do feel like I felt that with Kyle like a month in where I was like, this is like for real. This yeah. Here's a man that honors God with his life and makes me feel so safe and secure and and knows how to deal with my family-ish because I have hard family-ish I just knew it was something different I was still like you know I've been through so many heart things so I was like still scared like what if it ends every time we fight oh my gosh what if it ends Uh what if you you know but I definitely knew there was something different about him 
And I'm not surprised that that's the person I'm going to marry because wow. it did feel different. And yeah. so, but it's hard when you're waiting for it because you don't know what it feels like. Literally. It's you, so true. You have no idea what it feels like until it happens. Yeah. But I just want to say again, like it will happen. And, and who freaking cares of how old you are? I think that's the thing. Like I had this expectation of like, I had to be before I was 30 and I don't know why. I think just again, cultural and then being in the church and all these I mean, how many of you already have married friends and how many people that you knew in college got married so quick? Probably five of my friends, you guys, from GCU got divorced. Mm. It's really sad. It sucks. And it's not on them necessarily. It could be on the other person or vice versa. It's really, really hard um, when you grow and change, the older you get. And some people, like one of my very best friends, they got married when she was 20 and they have the best marriage ever. And I love them so much and yeah. they grew together and it's beautiful, but not everybody is ready to get married. And that's the real thing. So don't just get married to get married, but also don't envy everybody just cause they're getting married right. because it's not always the right thing. And, and trusting that God is good and that he cares about you and, and he, is faithful that's just the thing that's who he is he is faithful and maybe it's not going to look like the way you thought and like me like i'm not going to get married when i'm in my 20s and who freaking cares about it you know yeah. like but gosh there really is a little bit of a vibe though i would say but do you think there's a vibe of yeah. like you should get married in your 20s like it's expected yes. a little bit it makes me think of right now either i have friends who are super single maybe dating but just doesn't feel like the right guy mm -hmm. i have friends who have been dating the same person for years but also maybe doesn't feel like it's the right guy but how do you know because mm -hmm. at one point in your relationship i'm sure you're like well we just spent this much time together so mm -hmm. we might as well get married mm -hmm. sure what do you do with that kind of attitude towards a relationship mm singleness by default and marriage by default both are not okay to me at all like number one i think singleness is a calling i think like literally the lord will put it up on your heart that's why paul talks about it it's a big deal it's not like it, it's not by default oh i guess i'll never get married maybe god's calling me to be single no mm. i feel like you would have it's a calling like don't let's not discredit it actually yeah. because there are people that choose it and do amazing things for the kingdom because they chose it and it's a calling, not right. because you're like a, a defaulted to it. I don't think God does that. I think that's like, I don't know. I just believe that he's faithful to the desires of our heart when we're submitting to him. But like, yeah. I think also we need to know that it's on us to walk with him. And so works does not get you a husband. Don't get me wrong. But like we, a life of, of obedience with God brings us closer to him and takes us to where he wants is leading us to go yeah. in, in this earthly life right makes your desires of your heart really align with his heart for you too. yep yep exactly and so i would say and but marriage by default is not the best thing either because complacency i, I don't think god ever calls us to just be complacent and comfortable i think he's always having people take risks right and step yeah. out onto the water and, and 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 look at him and walk towards him while we're taking risk and so yeah. i feel like if you're settling i mean is that being obedient too i'm not sure i mean i think like don't get me wrong like relationships have like weird times and it's not always exciting but like if you're kind of like yeah i guess we could get married 
I don't, I just feel like you probably don't really want to marry them. Right. <laughs> and that you're like, don't really know what else to do though. Yeah. You know, I remember, um, but I hope no one gets offended by this, but I remember when I was in England, um, working and on mission and one of the guys that were in the nonprofit that I worked for, I was, I flew back for two weddings and then a third one when I came back that I was in and, um, he was like, wow, Jacqueline, all your friends are getting married. I was like 21 at the time. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, but, yeah. you know, I didn't know. I was excited for them. They're my best yeah. friends. And I loved their husbands. And they're like my friends too. And so he was like, well, you know, I hope you don't get discouraged. And I was like, oh, I mean, not, not really, but it is weird. You know, it's a different seasons when I'm yes. on my own on mission and people are back home getting married. And I was like, no, I, I, I'm just, it's different. And he was like, well, you know, sometimes when people are bored, they just get married and have kids. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. whoa. And, and I don't think he meant to be offensive by that. I think, but it, I think it goes with what you're saying though, this complacency where you're like, mm, I don't, I it don't really. It just seems like the next step. Yeah. And I don't know myself. It goes back to, I don't know myself and I don't know the, who God is in my life and what he's doing in my life. Mm. Right. Where it's like, goes back to these girls I mentored and I was like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you care about? I just want to be a mom that's amazing. That's going to be so awesome. But like, what do you care about? Because I mean, these are 17 year old girls that have no idea what it looks like to even live outside their parents' house. Mm. And they want to be a mom already. I I don't know. For me, I was like, but like you are growing up too. And you have a purpose on your life and you have gifts and talents. And I think it's just, I think that's amazing. Being a mom is a huge calling and it's literally a, a job and, and something to be faithful in it, the Lord blesses, yeah. but, um, you can't force it. You can't just become no. a mom tomorrow because you want to, it's like with the Lord's timing. And so it's like, what are you going to do now to prepare yourself? What do you want to teach your kids one day? Right? right? Like you are a person that gets to teach them and raise them up. So how do you want them to be? What do you want to pass on to them? I think those yeah. are all things to consider. And again, as much as we want to look at don't idolize marriage, we can also idolize being a parent. And the Bible literally says, you know, the setup is not idolize your kids. The setup is submit to the Lord, submit to your husband, your wife, and love your kids. So it's like, don't like idolize your kids. They're third in line, actually, you know? So. And I think that brings it back to like the, you said this at the very beginning, but like, what is your purpose in this season of singleness, of going to college, mm-hmm. of your career, of your husband, of your kids? But being married, your purpose isn't just your husband. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you still have these desires of your heart that mm-hmm. will come to fruition with a partner by your side, which is great. Right. But you're not going to stop doing the ministry that you're doing. You're not going to stop reaching the people that you can reach. Right. You might just be able to expand that community. Yep. So like as... Even as a mom, I, I've had, becoming a mom, what? Uh, <laughs> I've had this fear of like, what? Losing yourself What if this something. is it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's so many things that I would love to do. Like, I love to do this podcast. Right. I love, I would love to write a book. I would love to do women's ministry. Like, there's so many things that like really set my soul on fire. Right. And I have this, this innate fear of like, if I'm a mom and that takes all of me because mm. I want to do it well, mm. how do I, how do I still find, find my purpose? Yep. Not just my purpose as a mom, like, cause there's so much purpose there, like you said, but mm-hmm. my purpose mm-hmm. too, you know, I wish you could see Ashley cause she's like tearing up with passion <laughs> know, right like now. It's like emotional. so adorable. I just love you so much. She's so passionate. <laughs> 
But I, I think like it's so true. And I think, look, you started this podcast after you got married, right? And it's like the same mm. thing. Like you walk into a season and it kind of takes up your time a little bit where, okay, I got engaged, I got married. It's taking up time. But now here I am, I actually have more space to do something I've always wanted to do. Same with having a baby. Okay, I have all these doctor appointments. I'm having this baby. It takes a lot of my time. But then yeah. eventually you have space and you have more life experience to pass on to people. And then God brings that ministry, however he is, for that time and purpose, right? Yeah. I think about all the women I look up to, all these women that write books and these pastors and speakers, they're all in their 50s, you know? Yeah, and I'm that's like, so true. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like Jesus' ministry started when he was like, what, 30? Until he was 33, right. you know? And I'm like, there is something about gaining life experience and the things that God does, he wants to use for bigger and bigger purposes. And so I think like what you're already doing, you're like using your purpose your like experiences to do more things like yeah. he's going to continue to do that for you with a baby and a family and I think for all of us in the same way you know the more life we experience and we just like chill out about it because I think I just have this again these expectations on myself I have to arrive and come to this place in order to be what I don't even know like why do I why do I have to be married before I'm 30 who freaking cares I get to get married and I'm so stoked and I get to have a family yeah. one day and I'm however that looks like and I'm yeah. so stoked and I am going to continue to say yes to the Lord and figure that out and mess up sometimes and ask for forgiveness and get refined and get better and just continue, I don't know, to learn and grow, right? Yeah. And pass it on. Because I think like, I mean, for anybody, that's the structure, right? Is to like, you know, have a mentor and then, you know, be the mentor. And so it's like always that. So when I was 20, I mentored high schoolers junior hires I still actually mentor high school junior hires but now I feel like I have more to pass on to a 20 year old right because now yes. I'm 30 and so and I always I'm so thankful for my mentors that are in that that different season of life where they are already married and have kids at a certain age where I can look to them and learn from them and so we just continue that cycle and wherever we're at and right. so I yeah uh, anyways I, I'm excited for all the seasons and some right. people get so freaked out by getting old and I'm like yeah but that's just part of it like we always are learning and growing and it's not about being young or relevant or I don't know whatever pressures we put on ourselves it's yeah. just about like being used by God yeah they like that saying the best is yet to come mm -hmm. I sometimes I'm like what if I peeked over there I know though? right <laughs> that's like my favorite joke with my high school friends I'm like Oh man, I peaked in high school. Shoot, homecoming queen, and it was all downhill. <laughs> yeah, freaking right. That would be such a bummer. And God did not intend life to be like no. that. He intended, like, yeah, for the best to come. But, and again, it might not look like we want, but it's like, right. are we open to that? Are we open to just saying yes to God and whatever He says? Because to His best for you. Yeah, and it's it's harder than we than we think. <laughs> to like being a Christian is not like yay, everything's happy. It's like it's being refined. It's growing. And, and the bad parts of you getting cut off to be better. And you're like realizing five, you think about yourself five years ago and you're like, wow, I've learned so much, you know, yeah. and I've come to this different place. I was talking actually, so I'm, I've been in counseling last year, which is great. Counseling is great. Everyone should do counseling. But, um, I was talking to her and uh, I was like, well, you know, I just used to be open to everything. I would, I was so down to do anything all the time. Again, when I'm single, right, and just excited, whatever yeah. extroverted personality. And now I feel so specific, and like I don't want to do all the things all the time. And like I'm okay to do certain things, or mm -hmm. I feel called to this. And she was like, 
Jacqueline, that's maturity. Hmm. That's nothing but maturity. And that's okay. Like that's part of like who God's forming you to be. And so you think about like Christine Kane or Brene Brown. Thank God they only have one thing they really care about (laughs) because they do that so well. And they change so many people's lives because of like the things that they care about and do. Right. They're not doing all the things all the time. Right. And just, you know, trying to figure it out like most of us in our 20s. Yeah. And I think that comes with with maturity. I feel like you like you've said too in your 20s when you were in your like season of like being single for you know Mm -hmm. that time you were also involved in so many different ministries and small groups and 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 didn't meet anyone I should say that okay (laughs) that happens you think you're gonna meet so you go to every church and you're like what if I meet someone and no (laughs) it doesn't happen again okay so I am that person too don't worry (laughs) but you I think in those in that season of like being involved in everything you find what you're really passionate about and you find what really brings you life it's true and you can bring that into that next season with you as you grow and as you mature more the things that you are pouring yourself into become smaller. Yeah, it's narrow. It narrows down to like your God-given purposes, right? I mean, thank goodness we're not all the same. Yeah. You know, the body is different parts, and if we were all the hand, we would be a very ugly, weird, one-hand <laughs> body. Like, yes. what the heck? You know, like we have all these different purposes, and I think, yeah, trying all things is fun and exciting, and you should because – you're trying to figure out what you're yeah. doing, you know, especially if some people know right away what they want to do. I was not that person. I'm like, do everything, same. you know, still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Even people are like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, um, my problem is I want to do five different things next month. So right. yeah, trying to figure out which one. <laughs> if you are that person that just feels that pressure of like, I have to be married by this time, or I have to do this by this time. You just got to stop and just remember that God is good. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's just the biggest thing is that he is faithful. And if you just like cling to like the faithfulness of God, then like the other things don't really matter. And if you're, I think God, my parents are not the ones that are like, when are you going to get married? When are you having kids? They're not like that, but they're not Christians. And so I, it's really hard when your parents are the ones putting that on you because you're like, oh, you're my parents. I should be doing this. I'm can't, but that's like the one thing you can't control is like meeting someone awesome and actually clicking and actually not breaking up. Like I remember like talking to Kyle one time and I was like, the fact that we actually like continue to choose each other and don't break up is actually an amazing thing. Can you just think about that? Like (laughs) how many relationships people can go through and it just doesn't work. And you, some, and maybe it's not even mutual. One person chooses to break up, but finding someone that mutually choose each other and figure it out is like such a blessing and it's not as easy for everybody as it is you know like some people find it really young and that's amazing and some people find it when they're older and that's amazing and it's a blessing to have it and the lord will bring it for you if you want it like i think it will come for you but don't idolize it but also it's okay to pray for it i don't know that was like another advice my beautiful friend carrie maybe you should interview carrie she's very wise too (laughs) you're coming in next carrie you should um but i remember um in in one of my breakdowns during dating stupid guy where i was like i just don't know it's gonna happen for me and and she's like do you pray about it you know she's very blunt okay do you pray about it and i was like well no I mean, yes, but no, not as intentional as I pray about everything else in my life. And she was like, Jacqueline, the most important thing in your life is relationship with God. Number one, for sure. 
Number two, who you marry. Who you choose to marry affects the rest of your life. Yeah. Like where you live, what your kids are like, the families that are a part of your life, like their job, your job, your finances. Like it literally affects your life. So why wouldn't you pray about this? Why wouldn't you pray about that? Mm. Why wouldn't you ask God all about that? And I was like so convicted of that. And so yeah. I actually too, I had gone to um, Church of the Nations is a church I used to go to before I worked at Grace. And uh, I had gone for prayer. Like this is right, I'm serious, a month before I started dating Kyle. And um, this woman was praying for me. It was a couple of people praying for me. This one woman, she was like, I just feel like God wants you to know, like he wants to give you the desires of your heart. But he wants you to ask for it. It's just like the scripture in Matthew. Yeah. Ask and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. And um, he wants to do it with you. He wants you to know it's from him. He's going to give it to you. But he wants you to know that it's from him and he's a part of it with you. And instantly I knew what that was. Because I was like, I want to I be married. I want to be a wife and I want to have kids. It is so hard for me to ask for it and pray about it. And that was my own thing. Like I said before previously in this podcast was it was really hard for me to pray about because I felt like I was like you know, idolizing it and not like submitting to God enough if I cared about it too much. And so I, after that started praying really intentionally and like every day. And I wrote down even I, with the Lord, not just like he needs to be blonde, you know, which God's not (laughs) blonde, but, um, like I wrote down things that I hoped for and prayed for, for someone and a husband. I prayed really intentionally. I remember this is a testimony, I guess, when we started dating, but I was driving. I had crushed on Kyle since I met him, okay, but he was dating someone. <laughs> and then they broke up, and I was like, yeah, well, okay. So I didn't know they'd broken up. So I'm driving to work, and I had that night um, of prayer and whatever, and uh, was feeling really just stoked with the Lord about just in general. And it wasn't even like Kyle, because at this time I'm thinking he's dating someone right. still. I'm driving to work, and I'm like, Lord, if – Kyle is that person for me. If I'm going to marry Kyle, like I got really bold. Like even for me to say like, am I going to marry someone or not? I never could pray like that. I just felt so silly. And so I was like, Lord, I like Kyle so much. If I'm not supposed to, like if he's not my husband, like if this is not going to like happen, just help me just to see him as a friend. Take this from me, like these strong feelings. I just want to like see him as my brother. But if I'm going to marry this guy, you have to break up that relationship because I will not do anything unless he's available. Like, I'm not going to do right. that. I'm not going to make anything known. I'm just going to continue being friends with him because yeah. it's inappropriate. Like, right. I didn't want to be that girl. That's yeah. horrible, right? Yeah. I picked up my assistant and we went to a networking meeting and we're driving and she was the only one that knew I crushed on Kyle. She knew. She could see it. She called me out on it and I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she knew. And so uh, I confided in her many a time. We're driving. And she was like, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. And I was like, what? She's like, you have to park first. And I was like, what? Why? And she's like, you're just going to freak out. I was like, I am not this dramatic of a person that you cannot tell me something while operating a vehicle. Oh my gosh. But whatever. So I parked and we're going to networking meeting. And she was like, Kyle and his girlfriend broke up. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I just have to tell you what I prayed this morning because I'm like tripping out. But even anyways, when I prayed that and that actually happened that day, I still was like freaked out. I just like was like, well, you know, because I again, I was I've been in so many communities and small groups and all kinds of things, and it didn't happen yet. So I didn't want to. Yeah. I just like even going to this church and working there. I was like, I'm not thinking of it like that because I'm done being disappointed. I'm just here because mm. I'm being obedient and said yes to God. Yeah. 
And so even when they broke up, I was like, but it might not happen. And a couple of weeks later, we started talking more. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like happening. And a month Whoa. later, we're dating. Whoa. So yeah. And that was, but again, like I was shocked because I had been super single for so long. I had yeah. gone through something really hard with the Lord. I was coming out of this place of understanding I need to pray intentionally for my husband. It's okay that I'm not married yet. It's okay that... I don't know when it's going to happen, but I trust the faithfulness of God. Mm. And then it happened. And yeah, like people say, you know when you know, and you didn't expect it. So annoying. I'm so sorry if you feel annoyed by that phrase, because I used to feel annoyed (laughs) by that phrase. I was that person too, but it is a thing. Yeah. Wow. I feel like even just in the midst of this whole situation of knowing that you had feelings for him but being bold in the lord and being like if this is it awesome but you got to make some moves Mm -hmm. and for you to be that bold in your relationship with god i feel like shows some maturity of you trying to protect your heart but then also pursue what he wants for you Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not clear The the guy you like is in a relationship. Yeah, literally. (laughs) And when you're in your 30s, you think they're going to get married. He's like 35 or he was 34 when I met him, you know? And so I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, whatever. He's perfect, but he's not for me, you know? Yeah. So what does my friends do who are waiting for that? I have this one friend and she is... I'm so impressed with her and how just how she handles dating situations and she's always communicating and sticking to boundaries Mm -hmm. and like I feel like she's doing all the right things but every time this uh, the guy that just doesn't work out Mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart for her Mm -hmm. but how does she continue to wait well Mm -hmm. oh It's hard because I feel like I waited well for a long time and then I got insecure and then I had to have a bounce back. I would say you got to stay with people who love you. You got to stay with good Christian community. I mean, love your people that aren't, you know, not in the Christian community. But like if you're in that community of people that remind you who you are, it's huge. And then do do things you care about. I mean, I, I feel like being in ministry for me, that was the professions and jobs I've always done and it gave me so much purpose and whatever you know gives you purpose keep doing those things that give you purpose and to be reminded of just how God's using you now but I would say too it's okay to date and it's okay to not date and wait you know like there's no pressure either way I think Mm. um I think dating apps are great and I think it's for some people and it works and I've been in a wedding that they met on an app and it's awesome yeah and I think for me, and that was another thing, everyone's like, just get on a nap. Just get on a nap. And again, it's great for some people. I honestly felt conviction about it. I downloaded <laughs> Coffee and Bagel and never made the profile. Like I downloaded the app and couldn't do it. I genuinely felt like conviction. It was so, I can't even describe it. And some people feel that. Some people don't. And that's how the Lord like connects them with the person because it's a real yeah. thing that way that people meet now and it's right. awesome it's literally like going to a party that you would never be invited to and you meet all these new people you know yes. like thinking of it that way and so it's like totally okay to do that but it's also not for everybody and so and that's okay so I think like don't put so much pressure on yourself like it's okay to like date someone because you're interested and it's okay to like not because it's exhausting yeah. <laughs> like oh my gosh going on all the dates and not working out freaking sucks and yeah. it's like I know like one of my really good friends, she's engaged now. 
she lives in San Diego and she was going on apps because she didn't know anybody out there. She made some friends, but she, I mean, she was in like a working remote situation. How do you meet dudes, you know? And right. so she was on apps and she had to date quite a few losers to <laughs> find the guy she's with now who's amazing, yeah. but it, she wasn't doing it consistently. It's not like she was going on dates all the time. She found one guy that she dated for a while on there and didn't work out. Then she went on a couple more dates and some guys that sucked and then eventually right. met her now fiance and it's awesome. So I think it's like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. If you want to date, date. And if you need a break, take a break. Mm. I think it's like, again, being with your people, with your friends, and it's doing things that give you purpose and trusting the Lord's faithfulness. I've, you got to cling to him. You have to like submit to God. That's like the biggest thing because like, when you get insecure, like the devil loves to like just speak lies into our heart about who we are or what's not to come or to come for us. And also, I don't know. I feel like when I'm insecure, I get like kind of lazy. Like I, I get out of like disciplining myself in, yeah. in the word and just like being with him and seeing people. I don't know. It's like my own struggle. So it's like, you know, you just got to like stay close to him and stay close to things that are good. Like cling to what is good. Like it says in the word, you know, and seek after the gifts of the spirit like the things that are good for you like what are things that are lovely that make you feel good I mean that are like honoring God and stuff I don't know I think you just got to cling to what is good because I started to like mess with things that were rebellious honestly Mm. and I always have struggled with that like I like to be a little bit spicy right and so it's like (laughs) it was kind of fun to be rebellious and that's not that's not God honoring life Mm. and so it's like cleaning clinging to what is good is always what's gonna like be the best yeah so. what will like sustain you yeah thing that's yeah. good yeah but again i just want to say i think it'll happen if that's the desire and some people might agree with me but i don't know i think thinking the i think being singleness as a default is also not the right mindset because i think yeah. it, it just like doesn't give credit enough to those people that do feel a calling to that it's a genuine calling so mm, that's good thing I feel like this podcast episode should be one that people take out like a notepad. I know <laughs> there's so notes. many things. It's probably so too long, things, but it's so good. I, this conversation is good for people who are single, people who are married, people mm-hmm. who are entering that next season of like having kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like all these truths will still be true no matter what phase of life you're in. Yep. So good. Yep. And community is key. Like the people that you surround yourself with and mm-hmm. And that point you towards God in the midst of you trying to figure out your life, I think is so important too. Yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today without friends like you who mm-hmm. have spoken life into me mm-hmm. when I was in that hard season, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm grateful for you. Oh, I'm grateful for you too. <laughs> for our conversations. <laughs> even with the microphone. <laughs> I know. I'm like staring at the microphone like it's a little tiny person. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. You know who I love to listen to right now too is 30, 30 minutes with the Perry's Jackie Hill Perry and her husband Preston Perry. If if you haven't listened to them, she's the girl that wrote gay girl, good God. Um, she struggled with homosexuality and like seeing her basically her whole persona. She's a poet originally is about submission to God and, Mm. and how God is good. And that's just who he is. Everything else is like, 
we can figure it out because he's good and he's faithful. And her whole, just everything is just about what does it look like to be submit, just to submit your whole life to God and keep surrendering, keep surrendering, keep surrendering. But there's a podcast, 30 Minutes of the Perrys. Her and her husband just talk about all these random topics and I freaking love it. They are Mm. so interesting to me and they have really difficult backgrounds and talk about just like, they just literally care so much about honoring God with their whole life. And I know for me, I get real caught up in my own wants and and the world. We don't even realize how we're so developed by culture and like the American church, even like my fiance is in seminary and he gets so like hypercritical of the church sometimes because he's in seminary and he's like (laughs) looking back of like God's intent for the church. Right. And like even our church right now is, is molded by culture. And so it's like, can we take a step back and just realize how we're being molded by culture and just like resubmit to God and remember like his intentions for yeah. humans in wow. our lives. But Dang. yeah, so 30 minutes buried. So that's really encouraging to me. I'm also reading this book. I just started reading it. The making of biblical womanhood. Ooh, <laughs> I'm interested. Yes. Yes. You can see it. It's kind of a cool cover. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so it says how the subject, the subjugation, gosh, that word, of women became gospel truth. And so there's like another one that's similar, uh, Jesus feminist, which people don't always love that because the term feminist is like yeah. so, such a negative connotation or maybe you love the word feminist. It could be either side, but right. there's two sides to so it. Like a hot topic word. Yeah. And so I would say this book is another like hot topic with women, but it's, I think it's way more legit as far as she's a historian, the woman that wrote it and she's a genuine researcher and very smart and a theologian so it's very interesting to me and she comes from a southern baptist background her husband Mm. was a southern baptist pastor and so like you think you know evangelical conservative to the max in that church setting and so how they've learned a lot and still obviously love the conservative evangelical church but there's also some things they're like well is it or not like so it's just her doing research and honestly trying to figure it out of what does it look like to be a woman in the church because what do you do when you're a leader and you're a woman and you feel like is there a ceiling on me or not you know so that's a whole other topic though but that's the book that's a whole other podcast that I'm so interested in yes but that's the book that I'm reading right now because I'm just intrigued by you know how does the Lord want to use me so yeah Mm -hmm. that's good is there anything else you're just loving right now Wedding planning? Oh, <laughs> I don't love wedding planning. Oh my gosh. Yes, I am engaged. We've been engaged for a month. We're hoping to get married in November. I, we cannot find a venue for the life of us. It's so hard. Either all the 2020 weddings getting pushed have booked it up. Or honestly, it's it's gone up so much. It's so expensive. There's, well, we were talking about it. I mean, Ashley, because the place that she got married at, I we looked into it and I the price has skyrocketed yeah. from when they got it's married It's like double. There. Yeah. And, and includes nothing. Yeah, it includes ours nothing. Was like this price, it included everything. Yeah, and so my and my other friends that got married at a place in downtown Phoenix, they got married there like five years ago, and it was a certain price. We inquired with them, and it's let's see, almost five times as much as it used to be. That's wild. It's crazy. So that's been a huge thing. So we're just praying, and that the Lord's gonna bring something. But hey, out there, if you know any venues or have a backyard that can host people, yeah. let me know been hard for us but I'm excited I mean I got my dress so that's exciting yes that was like I can't believe I got my wedding dress something you think about for so long and I got my wedding dress so I'm so surreal yep yep well thanks for hanging out on the podcast yeah thanks for having me (laughs) this is so fun